Today on the LA Food Podcast, I'm Lucas Rivodio, and I'll be leading you into battle against the machines. I'm joined by Daniel Wargo, who you might know is forking around on social media, to see if we can outdo ChatGPT at putting together a list of the top 10 best restaurants in LA. Who will prevail, man or artificial intelligence? Stay tuned to find out. But first... We're joined by Danielle Duranzica, the chef and owner behind one of LA's hottest upcoming restaurant openings. I'm talking about Amiga Amore, the Mexican-Italian fusion concept that's serving dishes like elote amulati and chicken tinga arancini. We discuss what sparked the melding of these two iconic cuisines and where you can get your hands on their creations before they officially open their brick and mortar in Highland Park later this year. So without further ado... Let's chow down. Today, we are very excited to be joined by the chef and owner of the most exciting and perhaps the only Mexican-Italian concept I've ever come across, Amiga Amore. It's Chef Danielle Duranzica. How are you doing today, Chef? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you staying dry? Yes. (laughs) Trying to, at least. As we're speaking, there's like torrential downpour happening outside my window. But uh, I, I wanted to bring you on because I had the opportunity uh, the, to eat Amiga Amore's food about a year and a half ago. And it was one of the most enlightening meals I've ever had. It was a concept I've never come across before. Can you talk us through a little bit uh, about, the, uh, about the concept and how you, how you came to it? Yeah, absolutely. Um... So I, it has to be a little bit of a backstory. I met my uh, Italian husband in New York City. We had a restaurant there where I was only doing Italian food and not um, like, you know, real classic Italian. So like a pasticcio with hard-boiled eggs and the armorial tiramisu that only like his mom and this region of Italy was known for. And Was this his restaurant? It was his restaurant, yes. Him and two other partners, um, but he was a young owner, and he was looking for a chef. So I was the chef that he was looking for. And had you cooked Italian food before? No. No. It was so, actually mm-hmm, my so, first run-in. Wow. So did, did you have to, like, go in and, and learn a lot, or was it, or, or did, they, did they test you on the spot and ask you to make a cacio pepe or something like that? No, actually, he um, believed in me before he even, like, saw me cook. He was like, okay, I guess I'll just give you the job. And his mom um, is a chef, and he grew up in a pizzeria in Italy. So she had come down to help put the restaurant together and kind of really train me. So um, I had about a month-long experience training with an actual, you know, Italian, like, nonna grandmother-style cooking, but still like I mean being able to put out food with her and so it was amazing I learned really everything from the gnocchi to their lasagna to cacio pepe to um everything dessert um yeah that's incredible they charge a lot for that on Airbnb experience (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) yeah wow so so that was your that that moment she said to him "Uh, you're gonna marry this woman so I think you know she was giving me her insight because she knew it was like I was already part of the family wait no way even before you two started dating you had the mom's blessing yes wow well that's a good place to start from (laughs) that's what I think 
Yeah. So that was your real training in Italian food is learning directly from a nonna. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and how long were you at that restaurant before, you know, you decided to spin out? Um, well, we had that restaurant for about four years. Um, and unfortunately, New York being what it was, it raised the rent, something ridiculous. And so we were kind of like at a turn point. Do we stay in New York? Do we work for other people? And uh, I had the opportunity to help open Le Cuckoo, um, which is Michelin starred now. And so it was kind of like that last like New York hurrah. We both worked there, um, kind of started. We've always worked together. So um, it was kind of a no brainer if we were not going to work at the restaurant together, that whatever job we would get would be together. Got it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, kind of started putting into motion that we wanted to move um we weren't sure yet LA had come up about because this is where I'm originally from so it was like okay it'd be nice to be near family again be able to like plant some roots is this where we want to see ourselves so um got a job working at an Italian restaurant in Pasadena and uh moved here um and yeah kind of just began our whole journey which restaurant was that Union. Oh, yeah. I love Union. Mm-hmm. So I was the CDC uh, while Bruce was away filming for Top Chef. Oh, no way. He was on, uh, was it Colorado? Uh, yes. Yeah, I remember that season. That's really exciting. So that, you know, you, so you kind of built it because Likaku is not Italian. But... It's not. It's super French. And right. I, that's what all my training was. So yeah. <laughs> I guess I wanted like one last, I don't know, slap in the rear (laughs) (laughs) wait so did you always know you wanted to be a chef yes yeah and I thought well I really thought I was only going to do pastry for a really long time and then one you know crazy night at the restaurant I had to work the line and had the best night of my life oh really so it was kind of an accident yeah it was like not (laughs) being thrown into it yeah and so you and you grew up in LA you said yes Nice. So, so, so you came back home, starting at, uh, at union or were, were you, uh, were you both married at this point? Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we you, were married really months after the restaurant opened. So oh, no way. It happened very quickly. Yeah. Wow. That's so that's, so that all happened lightning fast, like a good romantic comedy. <laughs> and then you moved back to Los Angeles, you started working at union. And when did you decide to take the plunge into doing your own thing well a few months after really I think um being back home kind of gave me more of this push like I should be doing way more than like I don't know just you know working at a place and it was great and I enjoyed it but it was not I just needed more I was ready to be my own boss again so we started catering we started a little catering company called eat your heart out and then um I began to produce our hot sauce which is el choro which was a long time coming. It was a sauce that um, my grandmother would make with me. It was a sauce that we would put on everything. So it just kind of, you know, New York, I love it, but it was like a hustle bustle. Like I was always mm-hmm. on the hamster wheel and all these things that I wanted to do, I just never had time for. So, you know, here it's a little bit more chill and I had more time. And so I was able to do all these little side projects as well as um, cater. And then in the midst of catering, I kind of hit like a rock in a hard place. And um, 
I loved everything, but I just felt like, you know, I was cooking so many different foods and some days it would be Southeast Asian or Middle Eastern or Mexican on the rare occasion. And I kind of wanted like, what is my cuisine? What is it that like I studied for? Is it French? Like not French. Like what Mm -hmm. is it that really represents who I am? And you know, if we had a restaurant, that was the big thing too, was catering is great because you can put on all these hats. But if we had a restaurant, which was our dream again, what would it be? You know, and we had so many ideas. Like, I mean, really, I can go through a scroll of names with you that just because we were, were creative and we're like, oh, we could do that. And it will be like that. And then, <laughs> but it was, you know, very strictly Italian. And one was like Panzerotti and we would just make like these fried. Oh, that's a pizza. great idea. Right. I Well, it, we will have a dish, but um, yeah. And, you know, another was like 24 carrots and we're going to have like 24 different vegetable like dishes. <laughs> yeah. Like crazy ideas. But in the midst of that, I kind of, yeah, found Amiga Amore. It found me, really. It was my husband, not, you know, us having to do two different dinners um, a night because we would go to the taco truck and I'd be like so hyped and I'm like yes I'm getting like five asada and like two lengua and, and he's like I'll just have one and I'm like one that is not gonna and he's an eater like he can eat like a lot <laughs> he's yeah. Italian he's slim but he can like put it down so I'm like that's not gonna fulfill you and he's like, well, I'll just order a pizza later. I'm like, that's not okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he became my project in a way because I knew if he was going to eat pizza and pasta daily, I could slowly start incorporating, you know, cilantro, which is a hard, some, you know, flavor for a lot of people, especially yeah. Italians yeah. that just have really beautiful produce and products that you don't need to, you know, do a lot of things with so did you have a like a first uh dish that you that you kind of like came up with and was like that 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 brought these two cultures together and you were like man we're really on to something here it would be the elote agnolote yeah oh because that's kind of an iconic dish that you guys are cooking up right yes i think that's the one that was the first pasta dish and that was just so you know, the, the light bulb, the aha moment, like he wasn't liking corn. He didn't like corn tortillas and corn is a staple of Mexico. So it was like, how can I get corn into him? And it just, yeah, it came about. I was like, yeah, it's a simple dish. Um, at first, you know, we used tahine, the store-bought, and then I was like, I can elevate this. So then we started dehydrating our own chilies and dehydrating lime and making our own tahine so we've elevated it to a point where yeah I think it is the staple of Amiga more which is really funny because to say to say you don't like corn and be trying to eat Mexican food is kind of like saying you know you're you're gluten intolerant and trying to eat Italian food exactly it's like you're not go to the taco truck and be like you don't have flour tortillas and i'm like they do for like a quesadilla or burrito and he's like well i want my taco (laughs) i'm like oh god he's got to go to sonora then you know yeah oh i i he's he's like next to me and he's like high-fiving and like thumbs up because yes he definitely that's on the list now he's become truly um a huge fan of a lot of things and we take trips to Mexico often, you know, 
um, not just R&D, but like putting a lot of the restaurant together. We would drive there and get the tiles and the fabrics. So he's become quite a, a fan of just a lot of dishes. And so it's funny to see now. Yeah, as you should. You know, I, I'm from Italy, and but I have to say my favorite place to eat except Italy is Mexico, 100%. I just think it's the... I, I, it's truly just like one of the most exciting places to go out and just walk down the street and see what you find. You're never mm-hmm. going to be disappointed. Exactly. So, agree. so the Elote Annulati, for those who don't know who are listening, can you break down that dish for us? Well, yes. Yeah. So it's um, the little ravioli pastas. They're like little pillows are stuffed with a sweet corn puree. It's topped with gotija, uh, finger limes and a house-made tahini, so it resembles mexican street corn i love that so much because it's agnolotti are are kind of a fancy food you know like they're kind of like a fine dining food in italy uh Mm -hmm. even even though you know you get plenty of nonne making them you're you're often finding them at some of the most sort of like quote unquote refined restaurants. So you're you're combining something that is very much a street food and putting it in a fine dining form. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it's really cool. It's and it's a great dish. I mean, I, that's one that I've I've had the chance to try, and I remember it just blowing me away. Um, so I first tried your restaurant at or your concept at nativo here in, in highland park um but that was a while ago and you guys have been up to a lot since then what what is what is amigo more up to today and you know where can people people find your food um yes so uh with that pop-up we were able to see you know what area we really wanted to be in so we do have our first brick and mortar opening in highland park hopefully within the next few months um and in the meantime, we are doing pop-ups. So the next one we're doing is actually in Westwood at a restaurant called Violet. And we're going to be doing a collaboration with the chef there, Brittany Cassidy. So um, it's kind of like women. It's kind of, what am I saying? It is Women's Month in March. So yeah. um, it's definitely um, something that we always try to participate in, seeing that it's a woman-owned business. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's going to be a brunch March 5th. And uh, that's our next event. That's awesome. And uh, what kind of brunch dishes fit oh, the concept? Yeah. yeah. Um, so she is a heavy French, like heavily French trained chef. And so we are kind of emerging like my three favorite, you know, French, Mexican, Ital- Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will be doing a Carnitas Croque Madame. Oh, my be- God. <laughs> yes, um, a birria benedict. So I'll be in charge of that. Um, wow. A churro French toast. Um, yeah, that to name a few. All right, March fifth. I've I've just put it in my calendar because I don't think I can miss a uh, carnitas uh, uh, croque madame. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I have to ask, where do you like to eat when you're not when you're not cooking? Oh. Great question. Um, <laughs> my husband's pointing to himself like at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he does. He does make a mean like pasta. Like even yesterday, I made like pasta fagioli, which was fantastic. Oh, underrated dish. Underrated dish. Underrated in my so much. Um, but I think when we go out, it's uh, 
Let's see. We just tried Pizzeria Bianca. That was fun. Oh, that yeah. Was great. Um, we like Wolvo in uh, Santa Monica. That's just a really good pasta. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's just really all the taco trucks like Leo's on Eagle Rock or um, El Huarache there yeah. in Island Park, um, La Cabaniza. Yeah. So for me, it's uh, obviously the comfort of Mexican food. Um, but I, I mean, I, yeah, I love both now so much. So even yeah. like today, I'm like tortellini and bro, though, would be so good right now. Oh, yeah. Do you ever find yourself like going to the taco truck and like bringing some parmigiano with you to sprinkle on top because you just fusion? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I don't know what they would do to me, but I yeah. do bring it home, you know, and sometimes add some things. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. That's well, I, I mean, you know, you talk about like, you know, pasta fagioli. I mean, you know, if I had some salsa matcha on hand, that would be incredible in there, you know. Exactly. Or our hot sauce, Sal Choro. Or your hot sauce, yeah. yeah. And that's what we actually put it in. That's genius. Um, and, and so Leo's on Eagle Rock, is that related to the to the Leo's around town, the Alpa store specialist? No, but he's really great too. It's just sometimes it. I don't feel like driving to – what is it, Silver Lake? <laughs> yeah. Which isn't that far, but. Uh, yeah. It's no, traffic. but you know. It's the LA traffic. Exactly. No, that can make you uh, not not wanna not wanna go out very far at all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so you're you're opening the brick and mortar soon, but where can listeners find you online in the meantime? Um, Instagram. We are always posting everything through there. Um, I think that's the best place. Awesome. And that's Amiga Amore, like friend in Spanish and love in Italian, right? Correct. Awesome. Okay, well, we'll link it in the show notes, but thank you so much for making time to speak with us. Thank you. This was great. I did it. Today, we've got a very special guest on the podcast. It's Daniel Wargo, who you might know as Forking Around, either on TikTok or Instagram. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, man. Thank you for joining. Uh, are you staying dry? I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best right now. It's pretty crazy out there. How does the rain affect your, uh, your influencer endeavors? You know, it does in the fact that sometimes I just don't want to drive somewhere. Like tonight I have a, I'm supposed to go to this restaurant and I'm like, oh, I don't, I really don't want to drive there. Yeah. Yeah. No, people legitimately lose their minds on the roads when it's yeah. like this. <laughs> they can't drive. It's like, it's so simple, but yeah, they can't do it. Do you, do you like gravitate towards certain types of food when the weather's like this? I do like, you know, maybe a, a hot soup, a pho or a ramen or something that's, you know, kind of warm because yeah. I won't eat those on, like in the summer. I mean, maybe a, once or twice, but like if it's hot, I don't want hot food, hot soup. No, I swear to God, I, me and my fiance, we're always talking about how we need to go get ramen and we never do. Right. Uh, we'll be like, we're just going to wait until it's cold. And then, of course, <laughs> summer rolls around and it turns out we haven't had ramen in like three years now. Yeah, I know that. I know that life so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you have any go to ramen spots, fuss spots? You know, um, I do. I like a few. Uh, there's a there's a spot. I actually don't know the name of it in um, for for pho in like Sherman Oaks Van Nuys on uh, Sepulveda. Uh-huh. It's called like pho, 
number nine or something like that. Oh, so it's not one of those punny names like "fa" for you or no, "fa" for you. <laughs> it's none of those. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so for those of you who don't know that are listening, uh, Daniel has a really, really great account. It's called Forking Around, um, but it's relatively new. You started during the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you're kind of a an interesting one because you started off with a different concept, which was cooking. Yeah, it was it was kind of like you. I just wanted to do YouTube long form videos, and I didn't really want. I didn't really know what like what I wanted to do with that channel. And everyone was kind of talking about your niche, and I yeah. was really anti niche, so I just kind of would do. I really wanted to learn to cook. So, and it was, you know, this was 2020. So I just was, you know, in the kitchen, not going to restaurants and stuff. Did you like pick up a special thing? Like everybody picked up baking during the pandemic. Did you like pick up, you know, any particular cuisine? I tried to keep it, you know, I tried to keep like moving through different types of cuisine, but I did. Uh, I think my favorite thing that I did, I did a whole month of making pasta. And so that like, I, lo- I love making pasta from scratch is what I learned. Oh, like, like making fresh pasta, like making fresh pasta. Yeah. With your wow. hands. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you have like any, any, any tips or tricks on how to make it good? I mean, I'm talking to an Italian here, so I don't, <laughs> I yeah. Don't- yeah, I for don't... sure. But uh, but uh, I I don't know. I've I've made pasta like maybe like uh, a dozen times in my life. So mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm by no means an expert. Yeah, at, I... at eating pasta, I'm very much an expert. I'm sure but, you are. Yeah, but making it is a whole other whole other <laughs> bag of tricks. Yeah, it's it's hard, and I I never have had one of those like, you know, the pasta. Um, makers or whatever you know where you roll it through and it makes it really really thin. Yeah. Yeah. So that has been kind of the biggest thing I've learned is when you're doing it just with like a rolling pin, yeah. you got to keep going. Like that extra 10 times makes such a big difference. It's true. It's got to be thin. It's yeah. got to be thin. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have one of those pasta machines actually. And they are, they're really, you can get them really cheap on Amazon these can days. You? I never thought about it. Yeah. 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 Especially <laughs> if you like get the hand cranked ones, you know? Oh uh, yeah. 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 They're, they're pretty, they're, they make for a great gift too, you know? If you yeah. ever want to like give somebody a gift that they'll never use, just give them a pasta <laughs> machine. There you go. Yeah. So, so what point did you transition over to, uh, to TikTok from YouTube? So basically, um, I don't know how long it was like maybe six months in. So I started the YouTube in July of 2020. And then sometime in the fall is when kind of like YouTube shorts started coming out. Yeah. And so I tried one. I think I just did like a nothing little, I did some of those baked oats that were people were doing a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got more views than anything that I had ever done. And immediately. So I was like, well, that's something. So <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, you know, kind of go down that road of me. And it, originally it was just YouTube shorts that I was doing. And then I started posting them on uh, my own TikTok, which I still have, but it is not the forking around TikTok. Yeah. And, um, and I, I had this old Instagram account, which was called Danny Dines, where I, it was just like really crappy pictures of food. Uh, and... I love that. <laughs> are, you, are you aware that Danny Dimes is what they call uh, uh, New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones? Yes, I wasn't at the time. I don't I don't know that he was there when I started that. Have they tried to bite off you? 
no, because it was dines with a with an N. Oh, okay, got it. That's yeah. that's probably less lucrative. <laughs> no. Although I would love it if Daniel Jones started a TikTok account <laughs> where he goes and eats shit. I really he calls want it that, Danny actually. Dines. Yeah, that would be amazing. That, that would be, be amazing. great. Yeah. <laughs> uh so okay, so so then you 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 joined the crazy world of tiktok yeah eventually as danny dines uh no as forking around tv oh, okay got it got it um well i wanted just forking around but lo and behold someone has that name so i added the tv at are the they end. are they doing anything with it the... i don't think so i've never there is a few forking arounds that i've yeah. actually connected with but usually it's like forking underscore around or like some version of it um that's not like I don't I've never seen the actual handle being used. Maybe it is, but I've, I I don't really look for it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until, you know, you become a, a, a media conglomerate and you'll need every single forking around handle out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah that's, yeah. the that's the plan, right? That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> I will send you my resume as soon as we're done here. Perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, so you, you started it off and and and. I mean, now your 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 videos like do really well and whatnot. Uh, but at the at the start, was there like a time when you were like just basically doing it for you know your grandma and the the your your college roommate? Yep. Yeah, long time, a long time of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, hundreds of videos. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you like? How did you? Because you you've got a very like positive, you know, happy go lucky voice. Did that did that sort of come naturally, or did it sort of also kind of like you know? refine itself over time i think it i i always kind of think of like the 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 thing that i do on the camera as like a little bit of a character yeah um it's me plus you know (laughs) and uh so i i always i i never wanted to be like incredibly negative about food because especially about small businesses because everyone's trying their hardest. Like everyone wants to put out a good product and some people that maybe don't have a a great product think they have a great product. Yeah. So, you know, I never wanted to be that guy who's out there, you know, bashing on places. I always wanted to be positive and, and, and honest. So that's where, you know, that's where I kind of meet that sometimes because I never want to be mean, but I also want you to trust me. Yeah, you well, know? that that is key, right? How do you refrain from demolishing a spot uh, without bringing down their business? You know, exactly. if, if if you don't like something, like how 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 do you navigate that? I, I mean, recently I saw you eat something you didn't like. Yeah, but talk me through that. What's your what? How how do you approach those? Yeah, so I mean, luckily, luckily there's always an edit that comes after. So I can, you know, I usually try and do a few different things. So recently I had a pizza I did not care for. Um, I was really bummed out. And like, yeah. there's some footage of me on the camera going like, damn it. Like, cause I want it to be good. You know, I'm hoping it's good, but now I've got to give this other kind of review. Dude. I love that. I mean, honestly, most people, if they have something that they don't like, they just like, or like, you know, shrug it off or whatever. They don't really think twice, but you know, I am like you. If I have yeah. something I don't like, it can ruin my whole damn day. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a big thing. It's like, oh, no. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but I try to, you know, I try to always say, if that does happen, I try to explain why I feel that way. Like what the, what the sensation, the flavor, the texture, the cooking, like how any of that is affecting me in a negative light. Yeah. And I always say that I 
might have come on a bad day, you know, just kind of just to preface like, hey, maybe it's not always like that. It's true. And then I usually try to ask uh, on camera to say, did I get the wrong thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes that is the case. And it's like, I've had that before where people are like, no, you got to try this. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I probably should have tried that, you know? Yeah, I saw you do that with Arby's, actually. Uh, <laughs> you, was it your first time going to Arby's? It was my first time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and how did you pick what to order? Did you just, like, <laughs> gravitate towards what sounded good? I think – so I had made this video very just, like, just trying to get content out there where people um, – where, where I just said I thought Arby's was kind of like a front for a, a – like a cartel or something because yeah. I didn't think anyone actually ate there. <laughs> pretty impressive front for a cartel honestly. it is yeah i thought it was like one of those uh you know the the chicken place in breaking bad and yeah el pollo pollo <laughs> los hermanos or yes whatever. exactly yeah. that one so i got a lot of hate from people about that and they they ba- so some people had said to get the beef and cheddar so uh-huh. that's when i that's just what i like picked when i went there but when i tried that I found out like a hundred other things that are better than a, the beef and cheddar apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, th- that's probably just the, their classic item, right? That's probably like when Mr. Arby back in the day, right. you know, opened yeah. up the first ever Arby's. Exactly. That was the one thing they were making, you know, a beef and cheddar sandwich. Some were cold, probably the Midwest. Um, right. and, uh, that's, that's probably just what they're known for, but it's, I'm sure it's classic old yeah. American. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, you know, it's funny. Arby's for me, I grew up in Europe, right? And mm-hmm. um, I kind of grew up idolizing Arby's um, because oh, wow. my mom came to America for the university for, for college. And uh, she told us stories of, you know, working as a young woman at Arby's. And so I had oh. this like, there was this like family lore to Arby's. Uh, wow. As this like quintessential, you know, American fast food, you know, place where dreams come true. And uh, (laughs) so when we came to America for the first time that I remember, I was like 12 years old. We went to New York City and I made my family go to Arby's um, in the middle of New York City. (laughs) And uh, you can only imagine my disappointment (laughs) when, when the beef and cheddar sandwich hit my plate. Yeah. Oh, it's not the American dream you wanted. Or, or actually, is it a pretty uh, <laughs> depiction of what the American dream is actually like? One hundred percent, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is so, a very realistic description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, that is like that's the government right there, Arby's. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, anyways, so I want to hear. So you do a awards best ofs on your account mm-hmm. and whatnot i want to hear you know what are some standout meals you've had recently yeah that's a good question um so recently i've been doing this orange county pizza competition uh-huh and uh i have people like put their recommendations toward me what 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 is the best pizza in orange county and it goes <laughs> on for a few months and so I've had some really, honestly, genuinely surprisingly good pizzas in Orange County, um, which I didn't know. I just, I mean, I just didn't know there were great pizzas in Orange County, but there are. Uh, so, oh yeah, of, man, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've, I haven't been to these, but uh, the ones you have been displaying look incredible. And honestly, some of the pizza makers I know in Los Angeles, some of their favorite pizzas are in Orange County. 
That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you about I'll, I'll let you go first, and then I'll tell you about the ones I've heard of. Awesome. Um, so my I th- one one that I had recently was Lunitas. Uh, and- oh. That's uh, the uh, the square slice, right? It's square slice, and I met the chef, and he's very much like it's not Detroit style, but it kind of looks Detroit style. Uh huh. So he's like, it's kind of Detroit Sicilian, was what he said, and then it's a mix of you know, it's a mix of a bunch of things, but it was excellent. Uh, is that uh, in San Juan Capistrano? It is. Yeah, it operates. It's kind of like a pop up essentially. It operates out of this Mexican restaurant's like back kitchen. That is so badass. Yeah. And you got to like text, you got to text him <laughs> to get your order in. <laughs> I, I miss those days, man. There was something magical that happened during the pandemic where all these like, you know, pop-up pizzerias were happening mm-hmm. and half the fun was like even getting your hands on one of the pizzas, you know, totally. it was like, you've got to go to this back alley right. and you've got to like, you know, Ask for a guy named Carl. Sing Selena in a Spanish accent and and twirl around three times. And uh, then maybe we'll give you your pizza if you're deemed worthy enough, you know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. So so that's one of those. So yeah. that's one of those spots, Lunitas. Lunitas. And then there's this uh, guy. I'm probably going to pronounce his uh, name wrong. He's a sh- pizza pizza chef in, um, in Orange County named Trevor Kocek. And mm-hmm. he um, he doesn't run all of the places, I don't believe, but his recipes are used in three different places. Okay. And they're all excellent in different ways. They're all New York style. He's from New York. The, um, the three are Sergeant Pepperonis, which has is like name. Newport Beach and Irvine. Epic uh, name. Epic name. And then there's two Saucy Broads, which is in Fullerton. And then uh, Brewery X, which is a oh, massive yeah. brewery. Yeah, I've heard of that one. So yeah, and that one they actually because they have the brewery attached, they actually like make the water in a way that is similar to New York water. So that's your kind of like closest representation. And did you? I mean, you. I know you lived in New York. Do you I find that that is a good representation? Yeah, I think it's excellent. I think everything, everyone in New York, or like everyone in LA. Uh, uh, the people in LA want like lots of toppings and stuff like that. So they have that option, yeah. you know, but their traditional or just pepperoni pizza is just excellent. Top yeah. Notch. That is a pretty good summation of what makes LA pizza. LA pizza is uh, there's a heavy emphasis on toppings here. I find. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. And in New York, it's just, I mean, like you can get some toppings, but it's never going to be like, pounded with toppings and a sauce on top and a you know and like and i mean i'm i'm i love it all yeah but it's i do too i do too it's just it, it is it's just different i feel like um there's there's also been a move towards other types of pizza here especially during the pandemic where mm-hmm. there has been an increased focus on the quality of the dough and whatnot so i feel totally. like we're, we're we're kind of getting the best of both worlds now but certainly some of the more like you know OG Cali places that, you know, you think of as like LA pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you do see a lot of those, uh, those special varieties, if you will. Yeah. Um, so what's the best pizza you've had LA or orange County? Um, currently I'm gonna say Lunitas. That's, I think that's risen to the top. Yeah. But I, I will say like, I haven't tried a lot of LA pizzas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I've tried a few 
And I really liked Apollonia's. Yeah. Um, that's one of the ones I tried. I would probably put that right in my, in my two basically for right now. That's a great chat. Honestly, a lot of people really love Apollonia's and I do think it's one of the better representations of New York style. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously they've got that like insane square slice as well. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, well, one of my favorite things you've done recently on your account is you've asked chat GPT <laughs> what it thinks the best restaurants are both yes. in LA and Orange County. Uh -huh. um, I absolutely love that. Uh, how did you come up with that? I just was, I mean, I'm always like looking for content ideas. I try to post, you know, a bunch you know, 15 ish times a week and I can't eat 15 times a week. Well, I can, but I can't. Yeah film and eat like something unhealthy 15 times a week right so i'm always kind of looking for something else and i saw a lot of those chat gbt videos you know back when it first came out and i was like i don't think i've ever seen one about food yeah yeah so yeah i just i i love that well speaking of though i have i've also seen you start to uh do like salad videos too where you just like yes is, is that just so you can like eat something healthy as well yeah. <laughs> it's, it's two it's twofold yeah. um one is yes i need to <laughs> it's so hard managing yeah. your life as a foodie it's true um, man yeah did you yeah. ever watch uh man versus food no okay oh my god oh, was that was that the one when he did all the challenges yes yes, yes. i'm okay. pretty sure that guy had to like quit and go into like rehab afterwards yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i i think he's still piecing his life together honestly aye, aye, aye. but uh yeah talk about a difficult life to have which is just going around and doing insane food challenges just to make a living you know right oh my gosh but so, you know i get it yeah totally i mean it's what you and i both aspire to if we're being <laughs> <Yes>. honest <laughs> exactly um, so okay i thought it would be fun mm -hmm. if we basically did what you did on your Instagram, but did it here live as a competition Okay, where we ask chat GPT what the top. Oh, Hey, what's up, buddy? Sorry. That's my Sherman. That's okay. That's okay. Sherman. Um, <laughs> the, the Sherman heard about chat GPT and got all excited. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I was thinking we could plug into chat GPT. What are okay. the top 10 restaurants in Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. And then we can compare each of, our respective lists to chat GPT. And then after the pod, we'll put it up for a vote on Instagram to see which, which list wins. I love it. I All love right, it. man. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to plug it into chat GPT. And when I come back, we'll, we'll do our rankings. I love it. Okay. We've plugged in the inquiry to chat GPT. We've asked chat GPT what the top 10 restaurants in LA are. It prefaced it with this. It said, as an AI language model, I don't have personal preferences or opinions, <laughs> which is good to know. But yeah. here, here are 10 popular restaurants in Los Angeles that are highly rated by critics and customers. So before we go to ChatGPT's number 10, I want to hear your 10th best restaurant in Los Angeles. Okay. I, just to say, I don't have them in any particular order. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I couldn't. It's too much. It's too hard. I'm and sure. I'm also going to preface by saying I tried to pick ones that like wouldn't be because I haven't tried like a ton of restaurants. So I, I mean, a ton of nice restaurants, I should say. So I picked ones that I really love that I think are the best. That's fair. And, and just to, you know, I kind of did the same thing. I haven't actually been to some of the restaurants that 
would probably make it on a critics list of best sense. Right. So I'm just going with, you know, what I've been to and honestly, like where, where I would most want to eat, if that I'm, makes sense. Yeah. Right there with you. Okay. So we're on the cool. same page. Awesome. Okay. So what's your number? What's your number 10? I know they're not ranked, but we're going to pretend they are. What's yeah. Your number okay. 10? I'll try to rank them a little bit. All right. CC's cafe. In okay. Tarzana. Okay. What's your thinking there? What is this place? I've never even heard of breakfast it. and brunch. The most insane pancakes. Okay. Uh, amazing breakfast and brunch spot. They have these matcha pancakes. Oh, I, I'm obsessed with them. What style of pancakes? They're just like giant, giant, like plate filling, regular flapjacks. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm into that. And you know what? You don't see a lot of diners on uh, no. top 10 list. So, you know, I appreciate That's that. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I got to have one breakfast on here. Yeah. No, I don't. And I don't actually have one. So kudos to you for taking that uh, brave swing. My my number 10 is Whole Box. Have you okay. been to Whole Box? No, but I've read about it. Yeah. So I, I did it on my taco countdown last year. It's at Mercado La Paloma. Um, and it is seafood tacos and other sort of seafoods. Um, it is incredible, truly some of the best food I've had. They have this one, uh, like octopus taco on like a squid ink sofrito. Wow. Oh my God. Truly incredible. So I'm giving that my number 10. Amazing. Now, do you want to hear what chat GPT had? I do. Chat GPT's number 10 restaurant in Los Angeles is Langer's Delicatessen. Interesting. Yeah. It, uh, describes it as an iconic deli which is correct uh-huh. and uh famous for its hot pastrami sandwiches which is also correct that's a solid one that is that, a that's like a, an la staple yeah i i like that honestly it's my so far on my sandwich crawl of la that i've been doing this year yeah it's it's my most highly rated sandwich they're number 19 wow so, um it's it's an interesting shout i i don't know that i would make it a top 10 restaurant just because if I'm thinking about like holistically with its menu, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that like everything on the menu hits quite as hard as the pastrami sandwiches, but I, I actually appreciate, I think it's an offbeat shout and, you know, kudos to chat GPT. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Why not? All right. What's your number nine? Okay. So number nine here is going to be, I'm actually going to go with Sunin in, uh, uh in Westwood. I love that spot. The Isn't Lebanese spot, right? Yes, Lebanese. Yeah. No, they that is an excellent shot. I feel like Lebanese food does not get the love it deserves on uh top top restaurant lift lists. So uh Agreed. I'm so here for it. I love that spot. What's your go-to dish? Um, I I mean honestly, I always get something different there. I love the yeah. uh the kibbe. I always try to get that. Yeah, yeah. But- I uh I, and I feel like the great thing about Lebanese food is the whole point is to like get different things, try new things, right? Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, it's not like I go every week or something. Maybe I would, but if I'm there, you know, once a year or whatever it is, yeah, I, you know, I I always want to try something different. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, my number nine is uh, Night and Market. Oh, I've been wanting to go there forever, dude. We should go. We should yeah? absolutely go. Okay. I uh, I'm gonna say. On like modern top 10 lists, like today top 10 lists that you're going to see from restaurant critics, they would probably have like Anna Jack Thai yeah. um, on this yeah. instead of Night Market. Um, but I haven't been to Anna Jack Thai yet, which is my failing. It's like the hardest reservation to get right now. It's really hard. Honestly, we should just go camp out there. Yeah, seriously. 
And, uh, uh, but I think Night and Market like walked so places like Anna Jack Ty can run. So yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my list, and I'm proud to do so. I now, are you ready for Chat GPT? I'm ready. Number nine, Major Domo. Okay. Korean-inspired restaurant Chinatown by David Chang. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, have you I, have you been? I have not been. I I I went once uh, to celebrate my engagement, and uh, it was it was very good. Although, as you can imagine, on a celebration of that caliber, there's not too much I remember about that meal. Sure, I would imagine so. <laughs> I have a few of those too. Yeah. So, uh, guess I'll have to go back. But according to Chad GPT, that's the number nine restaurant in Los Angeles. Okay, I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right, it. what's your number eight? All right, Harold and Bell's. Harold and Bell's. I love that. I I actually am thinking about going there for the sandwich countdown. You should. It's uh, it's it's Creole food, right? Yeah, it's and it's such an LA like legacy, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. What do you get there? Uh, I've I've had a lot of different things. I've had the um the 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 gumbo, the uh, catfish, the po' boy. Mm. There, there's like these um like uh baked mussels. I want to say that are amazing. That sounds excellent. Or oysters. I can't remember. But yeah, there it's my buddy used to bartend there. And so I would go and kind of post up at the bar while he was working, order a bunch of food. And they, they sometimes have great music in the bar too. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. It's, in, it's like in South LA, right? Yeah. It's pretty close to uh, like West Adams, USC. It's in between USC and West Adams. Yeah. Okay. Harold and Bells. Dude, I'm loving your top 10 list right now. It's so off the beaten path Thanks. in terms That's of like really. Yeah, that's what I wanted. In terms of what's typically like on these top ten lists, I abs- I'm absolutely loving it so far. Mine is a bit more basic, but you'd expect that from me, you know. I love it. I, yeah. I want it. So my number eight is speaking of, well, I, I just felt like I needed to represent Koreatown on here, so yep. I went with the most famous, but also my favorite Korean barbecue spot, and that's Parks Barbecue. Okay. So, you know, I'm not sure that there's like all that much that separates it from some of the other Korean barbecue spots. But considering we have some of the best Korean barbecue in the country, if not the world in Los Angeles, yep. I feel like putting on the best one is a surefire way to get in the top 10 restaurants list. Totally. And I think with Korean barbecue, I mean, you can go wrong. You can't really go wrong, wrong, you know? Yeah. 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 And have everybody you had has bad, their spot. Have you had bad K barbecue? I've had cheap K barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just you can tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, I'm really chewing a lot right now. Yeah, that's like, exactly. And yeah. there's like three banchan. It's yeah. Like, oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> it's like cool. Everyone knows, you know, you, it's all about the banchan, you know? Yeah. I mean, I want a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. <laughs> well, number eight on ChatGPT's list is Animal. Oh, okay. That's which... kind of an old. Uh, it feels yeah. like it would be on an older list. Yeah, like a 2010 list or something yeah, like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Which is, they describe it as a meat-centric restaurant in mid-city. Mm-hmm. Fa- and it's famous for inventive carnivorous dishes like pig ear, foie gras, and bone marrow. Which, mm. funny story about Animal. They were, you know, when I first started getting into food, um, there was a show that I like to watch on the Food Network called The Best Thing I Ever Ate. Okay, yeah. It's literally just what it sounds like. Different chefs talking about like the best things they ever ate. And this one guy talked about this chocolate bar dessert that's at Animal. 
Um, it's basically just like chocolate ganache with like bacon. <laughs> and uh, I went to do a, a really sad solo dinner at the bar at Animal one time. Uh-huh. And um, I had an entire meal and I ordered the dessert and um, I consumed it. The waiter comes by and says, is everything okay? And I said, you know what? Could I have it again? And, oh my God. And they were just like, wait, was it super confused, right? Because they were like, wait, <laughs> was it not good? It looks like you ate it all. And I was like, no, I just, I just want it again. Maybe <laughs> this time with a glass of milk. And so I, I had it twice, man. It was that good. Oh my God. That's so yeah. good. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So wow. what's your number seven? All right. Number seven. Okay. This one might be on some lists. Okay. But uh, gelata. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's classic great tie yeah jonathan gold favorite the menu is 17 pages long i mean honestly uh, there was a lady i think that made it like her new year's resolution to try everything on the menu at gelada oh yeah and uh can you imagine i think you'd have to eat there every day you'd have i mean it's so i have no i'm so lost when i go there yeah, it's like that would that would be like super size me, but just like super, <laughs> right. super timey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I watched that movie, actually. Great movie. Honestly, I watched that, too, in uh, it must have been like elementary school, middle school. It was yeah. like a school project. And uh-huh. um, I remember it was supposed to like scare you away from fast food. And I was like, literally, how do I get that job? Yeah. And for- uh, I feel like that's what we're doing right now, you know. I watched it. I watched it late, like I was in my twenties. Yeah, when I saw it, and I the first thing I did after that mo- movie was go to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta do it. They probably made some decent money off of that movie, honestly. I would imagine. Yeah, it's great advertising for like a certain subset of the population. Totally. That yeah. also happens to hate themselves. <laughs> Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my uh, my number seven is a taco spot in East L.A. called Asadero Chicali. Ooh. Okay. It's one of the places I went to on my countdown uh, last year, my taco crawl through L.A. Yeah. And um, I think it's some of the best tacos you can get. I love it for two reasons. One is before 1 p.m., they do guisados, which are like, you know, Mexican stews, right? Which are yeah. traditionally breakfast foods. And they have like a, a good selection of them. They're all incredible. And then at 1 p.m., they switch over to their asada, which is their specialty. Um, so you're getting some incredible char-grilled asada at 1 p.m. So if you show up at like 12.30, 12.45, yeah. best of both worlds. Oh. You get a couple guisados. Take them down at 1 p.m. You order the asada, and you've just had two of the best experiences you can have taco wise in LA. In my opinion, doing that that's on my list now. Yeah, yeah, I look forward to seeing that on uh, on your account. I I, I can hear it now. I did it. (laughs) I had I had had lunch and breakfast at the same time. (laughs) All right, what's your number six, man? All right, number six is uh let's see i'm gonna go with my korean barbecue spot here. okay i love it hey jing chan i haven't heard of this one i'm probably like butchering the name um but it's uh it's on sixth it's a really really long wait if you go like if you go at a typical time yeah but they're open pretty late like till two or three in the morning maybe four oh, 
epic. Yeah. And they, the bet, the, the reason why I love them is like you cook all your meat, you know, and they'll ask you at the beginning, do you want rice or do you want rice at the end? Which sounds mm. like, why would I want rice after I've already gorged myself? But if you wait till the end, they cook the, they fry the rice on the skillet that you've been cooking all the meat on. And then they put kimchi in it. So it's like this kimchi fried rice with all of the good juices of all the meat and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's something I want to like die and be buried in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So I love that there. I'm sure other places do it, but not all of them. And that is my favorite. Talk about a good marker of a good, of a good K barbecue spot is if they do that, you're in pretty good hands. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, my number six is Sichuan Impression. Okay. It is a Sichuan restaurant, as uh-huh. the name would imply. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one in the San Gabriel Valley, and there's one in Westwood, actually. Mm. And it is just truly lights out food. Just like I love that uh, Sichuan pepper sort of n- mouth-numbing thing that happens. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a great place to experience that. They've got this like – you can't really go wrong with anything you order here, but my favorite dish are these like whole fried prawns with the head on, which are just like Ooh, fried um, to absolute perfection. And uh, they're interspersed with these chilies, which just, you know, I'm a big fan of spice. So Sichuan impression. It does that sounds it for amazing. Me. Wow. Okay. So we actually skipped number seven on chat GPT. So oh, I'll we- give you, I'll, I'll give you seven and six from ChatGPT. Okay. Okay. All right. So number seven is Felix Trattoria. Oh, okay. All right. Hear a lot about Chef Evan. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna say, man, I think it's a little overrated. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I I for the for how difficult it is to get a reservation, and the amount of money that you're charged to eat here, mm-hmm. I expect better. I just do. I feel Interesting. like. Interesting. Yeah. He he makes all his pasta from scratch, like you and I talked about, which is hard to do, right? But totally, I, I feel like not all pastas need to be made from scratch. Um, mm. There are certain pastas that are better fresh, and some that are better dry. And I feel like he's so fanatical about making every single one fresh, and some of the dishes suffer from it. So, wow, that's that's a hot take. That's interesting. Yeah, look, I'm, that's what you came here for, right? Hot takes. I did. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. And I haven't tried it. And um, I'm curious, have you gone to Mother Wolf? I have. I think I I like it a little bit better. Um, okay. But the pastas, I have the same opinion on. But I really like their pizza. They have uh, like a Roman-style pizza tonda, which is like – I think it's the only place in L.A. where you can get this style of pizza. Um, it's like very – common in rome at like sort of like you know your run-of-the-mill pizzerias where you'd go with your friends on the weekends uh for like a seven dollar pizza and one and a a beer Mm. um and uh they're very thin very crispy with like very charred edges um and uh he does it very well i have to say um and then i really like they have this fried artichoke um antipasto which is also very good so i like mother wolf better than felix for sure but um i'm i'm not rushing to go back to either of them let's just say interesting okay all right good to know and so speaking of defunct restaurants uh to your point earlier about how this information is from 2021 or something like that yeah 
So the number six, I believe, is a defunct restaurant now. It's Twamek. Twamek is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Sad. It times. is sad. I've heard there's there's talks about re, you know kind of doing it again somewhere. Yeah. Well, if you don't, if you can't get Twamek these days, you can always get Petit Trois, which you, you've been to, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I'm not huge on French food, but I feel like if I'm going to get it, that's probably the the place to do it. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right. What's your number five? Well, as it, as you would have it, it's Petit Trois. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you so you do dig it. I do like it. Um, and I like. I felt like I really wanted to have something kind of French high higher end on here, and uh, I haven't tried a lot of it. You know, but that's the place that I, I really love. Yeah. Well, hey, feels like a top 10 list needs a French restaurant. So. You got to have it. You know, I don't, want, I don't yeah. want it all to be, you know, these under $15 places. Yeah. No, like make the people <laughs> spend some money, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. My number five is Sushi Bar in the Valley. Oh, okay. I've, heard, you- I've read of it. It's uh, Michelin, right? Yes, it's Michelin. Yeah. It, this is probably my most expensive restaurant on my list. Uh-huh. I went there for to, the night that I proposed to my significant other because wow. uh, her favorite food is sushi, and this place just looked incredible. It's by this um, Top Chef alum called uh, Philip Franklin Lee, right? Um, and he's he doesn't come across great on the show. I'm not going to no. lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> his restaurant is excellent. Um, cool. It's a great experience. The sushi, you know, it's good if like I remember it being phenomenal, even though I pretty much blacked out that evening because I was so nervous about proposing um, yeah, after yeah. the meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the last thing on my mind was the food. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but the fact that I can remember it, that says something. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there. I, I really want to try his restaurants, um, but I haven't gotten the chance to. Yeah. I had stayed at this. There's this hotel in um, Montecito. Yeah. Have you been there? It's called uh, – what is it called? I, it's the one that the guy that owns the Grove owns, right? The guy who ran for mayor, Rick Caruso? No, um, actually – well, maybe he does. But that – I know what you're talking – there is a resort there. Yeah. But there's yeah. this other – it's a tiny little hotel. It's okay. – Charlie Chaplin used to own it back in the day. Oh, wow. I think it's okay. called like the Montecito Inn. Okay. And cool. it's very like old Hollywood. Yeah, um, but Philip Franklin Lee, they brought him in to like open two or three restaurants there, and I was there, and they were kind of just getting him going, and I, I really wanted to go back and do all that because I love that hotel. It's a great, you know, little little spot in a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess we'll have to do a uh, a forking around LA countdown collab on the road to Philip yes, Franklin Lee's that, restaurants yeah. in Santa Barbara. <laughs> I love that. And also, if anybody wants to subsidize that, we'll start a GoFundMe because they're yeah, quite expensive restaurants. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of expensive restaurants, ChatGPT's number five is Republique. Okay. I haven't been there, been wanting to. Yeah, I have been there. It's good. It's good. You know, it's French, you know, so – yeah. I'm not super impressed with ChatGPT for doing, you know, back-to-back French restaurants on their yeah, list. So that's interesting. It feels lazy. It feels lazy yep. to me. Yep. Yeah. 100%. But uh yeah, what's your number 4? Number 4. Okay, so now uh I'm going with my sushi spot, which is an all you can eat, which usually is bad. 
<laughs> or mid. Say, this is bold. This is a bold choice. But Midori Sushi. Okay. Um, there's two locations. You got to go to the Encino one. The one in Sherman Oaks is not as good. But the Encino one has really, really good uh, sushi, good fresh fish for all you can eat. And because like when I want sushi, I don't want two rolls. I want to be rolled out of the restaurant. Yeah, that's a great – dude, I could not agree more. It's, yeah. it's a great motto for life. I'm reading this book right now on like a Japanese philosophy for happiness mm-hmm. um, and part of their instructions are like to eat until you're 80% full. Wow. Because apparently that's like how you ensure that like you can be satisfied without like being overly, you know, uh-huh. stuffed and like useless for the rest of the day. Man, wow. the moment I read that, I was like, I know I'm not going to find happiness this way. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no happiness there. There's no happiness. <laughs> being 80% full, that's called being hungry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, the same for me. So, yeah. Midori sushi. I, uh, you know, I'm suspicious about the all you can eat label, but I like I, the fact that I'm not going to be hungry. No, you won't be hungry. And there is, uh, the the fish there is very it, like the quality is just very good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Midori sushi. Well, time my number four because it's one that you've also mentioned. It's Jilada. Okay. I uh I you know L.A. classic. I think it's you know. It's consistently one of the best options in town for one of my favorite cuisines, a.k.a. Thai food. So I put it up to number four. Okay. Um, and ChatGPT's number four is another trendy Venice spot called Jelena. Oh, okay. Have okay. you been? No, I haven't. I haven't been. To any- well, I was so – I didn't have a lot of money back before the pandemic. Or, and that's or when today. it was cool. And that's what <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> but Jelena was really cool probably when I, I don't know definitely when I was in my most broke stage aka uh-huh. college and post college like yeah Jelena was like really trendy in like 2012 yes. and you yes. know I, I did not have two pennies to rub together back then so right I've been since but I can't vouch for it you know if it's as good as it was back then sure sure yeah, yeah. I, I I have to say I feel like ChatGPT is like getting lazy on us here because like yeah yeah Jelena is not a very like inspired choice in my opinion. I'm not like super yeah I'm not super impressed by ChatGPT today not that they haven't picked and I haven't been to many of these restaurants but I've read and experienced them with my eyes and my mind so many times right and I'm like mm-hmm. I know there's even better places than that right I was kind of yeah I was kind of impressed with like Langers at ten I was like okay this is gonna be a hot yep. take list but yep so far it's pretty pretty as expected and well little pre- old little old yeah pretty as expected for like 2012 yeah yeah yep okay so we're getting into the the business end of things here what's your what's your bronze metal restaurant all right bronze metal we're gonna go with uh classic la institution uh el cholo el cholo i love it talk me through what why is it why is it so high on your list so it's a lot a lot of these are really personal to me you know more than um more than like oh i went there and had this amazing meal but so there are two locations of el cholo there's the one on vermont or western or whatever that is and then there's one in santa monica um, on wilshire and i used to work right there and so we would have these like three four hour breaks 
And so El Cholo was kind of the spot like once a week. So you just go get hammered on margaritas during your three, four hour breaks? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a musician. So that's, <laughs> it's, it's part of the job. And so you just go <laughs> go back to work after and be like, yep, I'm ready to go. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I love it. So, uh, And I always enjoyed the food there for, you know, I always enjoyed it. Yeah. No, there, there's a, there's a place in the canon for classic Mexican food like that, you know? Totally. So I, I'm not judging at all, though. I will say my number three is a slightly different type of Mexican food. And that's your, you know, your basic, uh, to me, the best tacos in LA right now. And that's Mm -hmm. Villa's tacos. I've yeah. been seeing those a lot, dude. We got to get you out to this neck of the woods in the East LA, right? Yeah. Highland park. Yeah. We got to get you out to the Northeastern LA neck of the woods and and go to Vias. Cause honestly, man, some of the best tacos I've ever had. Um, and, uh, could not be made by a cooler person as well. So that's definitely influences me a little bit. Cause I just love seeing, uh, that dude's success, Victor Villa. He started in his like, grandma's driveway you know and uh has has just been doing such an incredible job for these last few years it's been really cool to watch so he's my number three best restaurant in la wow so it's a great pick thank you thank you very much if i i'll take that i'll take that um number three on chat gpt's list now we're getting to the realm which i just cannot afford um, even though we've already been in that realm on the uh-huh. chat, chat GPT list, <laughs> it's the, uh, it's Anaka. Oh, okay. Japanese yep. Kaseki restaurant, yep. Culver city. I, I went to her other like cheaper restaurant, uh, uh-huh. late last year and it was very excellent. So yeah. I can see why this is probably high on the list. Um, yes. and you know, I like chef's table and her episode was good. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So two michelin stars you can't really compete there in la at least no no so anaka i feel like we can we can give Ch- chad gpt a pass on this that's one. yeah that's probably a solid choice yeah yeah so now we're silver medal territory what you got okay and remember i'm not like they're not really in particular order but i i did kind of try to order it a little bit. look people are already judging you whether you like it or i not, know so. that's what i'm trying to yeah i don't even know why i care because people are gonna hate <laughs> hate my picks some of them um okay so uh king's head santa monica king's head the, the yeah. pub the pub right the pub yeah it's uh it's i think the best fish and chips in la uh, currently today dude i'm dying for some fish and chips now i've i haven't craved it probably in a decade and now yeah. j- just the words make They're me want to do it so i mean but you just my, my, so my great grandparents used to own a fish and chips restaurant in Glendale uh-huh. back in the day. And, um, my, that's grand- so cool. So yeah, they're, and they're all from, you know, from that, from the UK and, and, um, my grandfather loved fish and chips. And so there were kind of a few spots where they had the good fish and chips. Uh, and most of them have gone away except for the King's head. And that is my place to get fish and chips just and i i you you know you can go sit in the restaurant which is really nice and get a like traditional um you know english dinner or whatever or you can go into the actual bar and you know enjoy some some soccer and a couple pints and you know live your life yeah well i feel like you know now that you've told us that you are a fish and chip connoisseur (laughs) not just by eating but by blood yes this must be a pretty, you know, valid recommendation. I do love it. it, it there was a place that I liked better 
in Burbank called the Buchanan Arms, but that has since retired itself. So, R.I.P. Buchanan Kingshead. Arms. Yep. Yeah. Well, my second pick is not as exciting. Um, I went with Bavel. Um, cool. I think it's a an excellent restaurant. I think I felt the pressure to get a little bit fancy, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's honestly like got some of the most consistently excellent food, um, by one of the most excellent teams out there, um, who who also own some other incredible restaurants. So I, I, I went with it, you know, I, I just took the plunge and I went with Bavel, you know, I think it's, I mean, I think that's the right choice and it should, you know, I'll be, I would be shocked if it's not on chat GPTs, honestly, you're going to be shocked. Am I? (laughs) Yeah. Cause the, the number two restaurant they have is Osteria Mozza. Oh, okay. I, I am impressed that it got this high on their list. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I could have seen this in Langer's territory, like down in the, at uh-huh. the bottom of the list. But yeah. the fact that it's up here is like, you know, kind of surprising. Yeah, that is. Well, and I feel like, again, it's a little bit not not to not anything against it. It's just it's been around a while. It's been. Yeah, no, it's an oldie. It's an, it's oldie. an oldie. And so. But, you know, I, I do have like a pet peeve of like all these like top 10 lists only going with new spots. Sure. Um, so I, to me, I really appreciate when lists keep bringing back old places that just do it well consistently. Like Jonathan Gold's 101 list, he yeah. always, he, he consistently would bring back Atari Deli in Westwood, the Persian sandwich shop. Uh, and yeah. That always like made me smile because like yeah that place hasn't changed at all it's still doing incredible things why should it be taken off the list if it's still making incredible food you know sure um, just because it's not like you know the new hot Michael Voltaggio sandwich shop in West Hollywood no which I, I feel like yeah that was that was good too that was good too yeah but uh you know so you know what Chat GPT more power to you for for, for putting Osteria Mozza too yeah I love it and and you know talk about LA if you talk about LA chefs you kind of can't talk about it without Nancy Silverton Nancy Silverton the go so, yeah all right we're we're here it's number one time what okay. you got for us Daniel this is a this is I, this might be my favorite current restaurant in LA. Uh, which we talked about the, when I met you is Katine. Katine. Okay, so you went fancy with your last one. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I worked there, so that is the that is like the preface here. Oh wow! So this so, is a totally selfish pick. It's totally selfish. I know the menu inside and out, at least <laughs> as it was to, like a couple months ago. Um, and I've tried everything in multiple ways at every time, and talk. I could talk about the menu, you know, ad nauseum. Yeah. So that is, it's a little bit biased. But it's in, insider trading, is what it is. Insider trading, it is. Yeah. But I, with saying, you know, within saying that, because Katina is kind of like a trendy, especially when summer comes around again, it's going to be all trendy and like the Tulum inspired like restaurant is such, a, there's like a billion of them in LA now. Yeah. Um, and nothing wrong with that. It's a great vibe and it, it feels beautiful and it kind of takes you away. But I, I honestly think at, at Katine, the fact that it's so beautiful and it's so like Instagrammable uh, and so trendy actually distracts from how good the food is. Wow. Okay. Um, because the food is very not I, I will say there are menu items that are better than others, in my personal opinion. But that's true of anywhere. But the ones yeah. that are good are very unique. They're very uh 
you know, the chef Wes is an LA home, you know, homegrown kid. And so he's got this Mexican influence, this LA influence, and he's French trained. So there's all of that going into his food. Yeah. I mean, he's one of my favorite chefs. I mean, I was a massive fan of Gorilla Tacos. I've loved mm-hmm. Angry Gret. Um, I haven't been to Katine yet, but you know, he is, he's a genius. He's an artist. He's an he's artist. artist. Is he, he is. is. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. is. And you, and when you get to, you know, when you hear him talk about food or his, you know, cause I would be in these team meetings and he would be talking about the new dish. It is with the utmost passion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of chefs are like that, but he, you know, he's the real deal. Was he like an angry artist? Like somebody is like, oh, could I hold the, uh, could I hold the salt or the, the, the prosciutto on that one? He's like, no, how dare you? Uh, no yeah. substitutions. <laughs> he would not be happy, but luckily he kind of, he had a CDC to kind of take care of the anger, yeah. but they, they would always provide the salt. Yeah. Good uh, to know. Or, or do, they, they won't like. The biggest thing about Katine is people would be like, there's this like really, really interesting um, Oaxacan style quesadilla on the menu. Mm. And people would always want to be like, can I add chicken or steak? And I'd be like, well, first of all, we don't have chicken. And second of all, <laughs> no, the steak is $125. <laughs> and you so can get that if you we're want. Not gonna, we're not going <laughs> to overcook that and slice it up so you can have it in your quesadilla, <laughs> Becky. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You guys don't have tacos. Uh, you can make tacos out of all of our dishes. Yeah, yeah. You know, wow. But... People, people are infuriating. Yeah, know? they are. You know? Yeah, man. Serving is the worst. That's the worst yeah. job in the world. But God bless all the servers. Makes you a better person. You know? <laughs> I think a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Definitely empathetic in some ways. Yes, I'm a better diner because of yes, that. which is huge. Honestly, there's some yeah. horrific diners out there. True. True. Okay, so my number one restaurant. It's I'm a total homer. Um, it's my favorite food pizza and it's my, you know, one of my favorite chefs. Um, it's a restaurant I know, you know, as well. And it's, I'm going with pizza. You're going pizza is number I one. Got pizza. It's my favorite restaurant. If I were to like die tomorrow and yeah. you know, it, you know, if I, if there was a mobster outside and he's like, look, you haven't paid me back tomorrow morning at 7am sharp, I am going to meet you here and I'm going to drive you out to the desert and you know, I'm going <laughs> to. That's it for you, That's you know. It. Yeah. So enjoy your last day. Yeah. I would I would immediately call Pisana and be like, Hey, can I come to dinner tonight? Um, wow. And I would spend all my money. That's how I would go. You know what's interesting about this is both of our number one picks I've worked at. Yeah, that's true. So what's your favorite? What's your Pisana order? So last time I went for the first time, uh, the chef Daniele told me to get the pignatiello. Yeah, that one's so, very good. It's like there. It's got like the braised short rib. I think he puts on like house made Parmesan cream and stuff. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's his dough, man, that does it for me. And, and yes, you know, yeah. you talk you talk about Chef West being like an artist. That's how I view Daniele as being with pizza. You know, mm-hmm. he's he is someone who just like eats, breathes, sleeps dough, and you know knows more about it than anyone I've ever come across. And so. Yeah. It, that love and passion just shines through in everything he does. You know, he was like, you know, going back to the kitchen to like get soprasada that he dr- dried and made in house, you know? Wow. Um, like, so like he's, he's, his attention to detail is unlike something, anything I've really seen at most other restaurants, uh, let alone pizza restaurants, you know? So sure. 
Um, it's, uh, it's truly pizzas in our form and, and it being my favorite food, I had to put a number one. Yeah. I love it. I think it's a great, I mean, it is a great choice for pizza. The dough is, uh, it's exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, chat GPT's number one pick. Mm-hmm. Do you have any guesses? Based on what it's been doing. Let's see. This is, uh, not that I can think of quick enough. It's Providence. Interesting. Okay. In Hollywood. In Hollywood? This is, yeah, in Hollywood. This is, yeah. you know, I think it's like one of the most highly rated restaurants in Los Angeles. I think it's got the most Michelin stars. Um, uh-huh. Could be wrong on that, but certainly it's it's in that conversation. Sure. Um, and look, I've never been. I admit it, so I can't really talk too much, but this feels like a lazy pick. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like saying like, what's it like? It's like saying like, who's the best football player of all time? And then you just say like Tom Brady. Right, right. Because right. won all the accolades, been doing it the longest or something. And sure, there's a case to be made, but it's not the pick the people want, you know? Right, yeah, right. There's like, there's better picks out there. There's more interesting picks. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree with you on that. So and how do you, how do you think we did overall? I mean, I think I'm proud. I'm proud of it, you yeah. know, yeah. because I think these are two lists, yours and mine that you'll net, like you'll never see them. Yeah, it's true. And not, not so, so do you think we're going to be replaced by AI anytime soon? Not yet. So you don't, you don't think that there's going to be like a weird robot, um, deep fake of you on TikTok going like, I did it. I went to, <laughs> I went to this restaurant. Honestly, no, unless I can program him myself and sit in my chair and relax while he works. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Although I think eventually uh, that robot is going to be writing all my captions. Well, well, that would be, <laughs> that would be a, Big save time saver. Yes. <laughs> okay. So maybe there's a role for Chad GPT after all. There, yeah, I think there is in the future. We're going to be good friends. Well, Daniel, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post our lists and Chad GPT's list um, on Instagram and put it up for a vote so people can decide whose list won. Okay. Great. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on, man. Where can people find you? Thank you for having me uh, on uh, Instagram and TikTok, YouTube and Facebook. Uh, forking around TV, the the ads are a little bit different on everyone, but it's all the same. And um, if you see a white guy yelling at a camera in a car, that's probably me. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Thank well, you. we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Great, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the LA Food Podcast. The LA Food Podcast is brought to you by the LA Countdown. You can find the LA Countdown on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at the LA Countdown. That's T-H-E-L-A-C-O-U-N-T-D-O-W-N. If you liked the LA Food Podcast, make sure you go to wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a review and a rating and don't forget to subscribe.